Welcome to the Young Crones Cafe, where you can get a magic brew full of all sorts of information, both witchy and practical. Grab a cup of coffee and join us. I'm Elizabeth, a wordsmith. And I'm Dave, a modern-day sage. We are going to talk about various witchcraft and life topics from a slightly more mature perspective, at least most of the time. Thanks for joining us. This is a little something extra from the Young Crones Cafe to get you through until our next episode. Today, I want to talk to you about finding the practice that's right for you. Now, this may be a little bit of a ramble, because the only way I can describe all of this is to give you a little bit of my own history. I got clean and sober in 1992, and through a 12-step program, began to search for God of my understanding, which is a very important part of that process for me. I knew that I didn't want to go back to being a quote-unquote Christian as I was raised in a Presbyterian church where I had too many questions about if I'm made in God's image, why isn't God also female? And just didn't feel that that was right for me. When I married for the second time, my husband was a Muslim, and I learned to make salat, which is prayer, and five times a day, and I enjoyed the ritual of that. The, there are certain movements you do and certain words that you say, and it's very precise, and I enjoyed the ritual parts of that, but that really didn't work for me either. And through a serendipitous or a synchronicity or whatever, I was reading a murder mystery because I love murder mysteries, and the detective turned out to be Wiccan. And they described what Wicca was, and the beliefs seemed to fit how I thought about how God should be. And being the voracious reader that I am, I started reading everything that I could find about Wicca. Amazon was available by then, and the internet was coming into its own, and I found a lot of information, some of it wonderful, some of it horrible, and began to do little things. Fast forward a couple of years, and I found um, a metaphysical store where I could get the herbs and crystals and things that I felt I needed to be practicing. And through them, I hooked up with a local coven that was a teaching coven. And the way they did things was you studied with them for a year and a day, which is very wicked. And at that point, you could apply for full membership in the coven, which I did. And they turned me down, not because I was an inadequate witch, well, that was how I felt at the time, but because they felt I could not devote the time and energy they felt was required to be a full practicing member of this group. So up until that time, I had been what was called a solitary practitioner, which is someone who practices by themselves. And that's a wonderful way to practice. Nobody tells you how to do things a certain way, and you don't have to be part of a group and fit your beliefs and things into it, as I had tried to do. So after that experience, several members of that coven left the group because they did not feel that the way it was being practiced fulfilled them spiritually anymore, and they invited me to join them. And that's where I met Sue. This episode is also dedicated to her. She's been gone a year, 
and her spirit is with me and Dave, and she nudges us regularly to do things and get things done, and smiles when we get along because Dave and I had always had her kind of as a buffer and translator, and so on. So in any event, met up with Sue and this group, and we began to do a lot of rituals that focused on what is now described as shadow work, that darker part, because Wicca for us, at least our experience of it, had been where everything was all focused on light and good and wonderful and happy and finding a pantheon and a whole lot of things that really didn't work for us. So over the years, we've had various people work with us. The other original members drifted off to follow their own paths, which is great. And Sue and I just kept practicing together. So now I wasn't a solitary, but part of a duo. And over the next 20 years, we practiced and discovered what worked, what didn't work in a whole lot of ways for us, and eventually started creating what came to be the tradition of the path. Through a lot of discussion and practice, we developed a series of rituals. We figured out that what we believe in, as we've talked about in some of our other episodes, is the cross-quarter Sabbaths are not a day, but a season, and created rituals and things to do around them, which we did together for several years before she passed. And now she's passed. And I turned back into, I guess, what would be a solitary witch again. My practice is very different than the first time I was a solitary and trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Today, I am adapting our rituals for my own use and discovering they work just fine for a person alone, as opposed to some other people. Dave, the sage, and I do the occasional ritual, so I guess I'm more of a semi-solitary than anything else. And of course, we have this podcast where we are sharing about the tradition of the path. So let's talk about some of the different types of practices that are available. Of course, there's the full solitary. There's a bunch of benefits to being a solitary, which you get to create rituals that work specifically for you alone. You get to do spells that work for you. You get to figure out what you want to practice and how you want to practice it. And it's a lot more work sometimes, which is one of the downsides of being a solitary, because there's nobody else to nudge you and remind you that the full moon is next week and maybe we should do something. Or the cross-quarter times are changing and maybe you should do that series of three rituals. It is easy to slip, for want of a better word, into saying you are a witch and not doing things, which is why today I make sure to do something on a daily basis that reminds me I'm a witch. You could be part of a coven, which is also wonderful. It's great to be part of a group of like-minded people who get together to celebrate the passing of the seasons or the moons or whatever, and you don't have to be responsible for creating ritual all the time, for finding the herbs that you need for that ritual for the housel celebration. And you can just show up and participate if that's what you choose. There's a lot of pagans who like that, which is too. Or you can be as I have become a semi-solitary witch, where you do a lot of things on your own but still occasionally do things with other people. Whatever you choose to be is perfectly fine. 
I am here to tell you that your practice will change over the years, that you may be part of a group for a while and then stop. You may find a group after being solitary for a long time and change what you do. That's the great part about being a witch. We get to pick and choose not only what we do, but what kind of practice we want to have. And whether it involves one person, 10 people, a crowd, or just you, it's perfectly fine. In the meantime, I do want to honor my friend today. I can say she was the reason that I would get up and continue creating the path tradition, figuring out what my beliefs were through major discussions and minor discussions over endless cups of coffee, trying out rituals and discovering in the middle of them that this was not what we wanted at all, or finding things that actually worked and having someone to rejoice with me, someone to kick my ass and remind me that I am a witch and why didn't I think about doing a spell or just to be my friend. So today, in honor of Sue, I'm going out and light a candle on my back porch because where I stay, we can't light things inside. And even though it's snowing, it won't matter. And just sit for a minute and remember why I became a witch and why I stayed being a witch and why I continue to be a witch today, because it is what brings me the most joy and the most struggle. <laughs> so, to Sue and to all the witches out there, know that there is a candle burning for you and that you have a choice today about what you want to do and how you want to do it. So, until our next regular episode, may you find mirth and reverence in all things. Well, it looks like the coffee cups are empty for this week. We hope you join us again next Tuesday. But you can find us at our website, twoyoungcrones.com. That's the number two, Young Crones. We'd love to have you join our growing online Discord community. Check out our new Patreon presence. Just look for Young Crones Cafe. Through Patreon, you'll be able to make it to our Discord. We are also Young Crones Cafe on Twitter and Facebook. Until then, remember, we are witches who work with energies to affect change. We are believers in both imminent and transcendent divine. We are celebrants of the passage of the solar and lunar cycles. We are hedge walkers who pass back and forth between the worlds of the magical and the mundane. We are seekers of knowledge. And we are walkers of a spiritual tradition we call the path. So mote it be. So mote it be.